The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. The Word of God for the Festival of Ascension is found in, in Psalm 68 and We won't have time to read the whole psalm this morning, but I want to pick up with you verses 15 to 18, and I'll just invite you later today, if you haven't been able to read the entire psalm, please read it. It's a radical, um, encouraging psalm from from David. Here's what this, this psalm for ascension has for us this morning. Mount Bashan, majestic mountain, Mount Bashan, rugged mountain. Why gaze in envy, you rugged mountain? At the mountain where God chooses to reign, where the Lord himself will dwell forever. The chariots of God are tens of thousands and thousands of thousands. The Lord has come from Sinai into his sanctuary. When you ascended on high, you took many captives. You received gifts from people, even from the rebellious, that you, Lord God, might dwell there. This is the word of the Lord. Perhaps it is a little foolhardy of me to take with you this morning Psalm 68, because what we have here in front of us is really a twofold challenge. I'm going to be honest with you. This is one hard song. <laughs> one commentator said this that indeed it is no easy task to master this, this titan of a song. Another wrote, I know not how to undertake a comment on this psalm. It is the most difficult in the whole Psalter. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to do it. (laughs) The challenge is in front of us this morning to see what God has for us on this Ascension Day from Psalm 68. But there's another challenge in front of us this morning. It's not just one, but two. What does Ascension Day even mean? What are we even celebrating? I mean, if if, if Ascension Day had feelings, it doesn't. But if it did, I'd feel sorry for it. Poor Ascension Day. Poor marginalized, forgotten Ascension Day. People don't even go to church on Ascension Day. It's on a Thursday. We have to move it to Sunday so that people remember it. We get Christmas, right? We get it. This is one of the big festivals of the church. We give gifts to each other. Christmas, we celebrate with gusto. Easter, we understand. Easter packs the church full and we, our hearts are filled with joy because Jesus rose from the dead. Pentecost. I love Pentecost. you got to be here next week. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, comes on his people with power and with gifts. But Ascension Day, what, what, what is it that we're celebrating? That Jesus levitates his physical appearance right out of our lives? We are challenged this morning 
And what I want to do with you this morning on the basis of Psalm 68 is meet the challenge. And I want to show to you how Ascension Day impacts us at least in three ways. It, it impacts where we go. It impacts how we go. And it also impacts what we receive along the way. Let's start with the first thing that David points out in our verse is that that's that in ascension impacts where you go. And to see that, you got to see the very first verses, verses 15 and 16 and 17 of our verses this morning. Picture it with me now that, that David, the psalmist, is standing in front of a giant mountain called Bashan. Tallest one in the whole range, Mount Hermon. 9,000 feet tall, 6,000 feet taller than Mount Zion. And David's going to have, he's having this, uh, you know, this imaginary conversation with the mountain. This is, this is a metaphorical conversation where he says to Mount Zion, hey, Mount Zion. That's what he does in the verses. Hey, tall, beautiful, amazing, stunning breathtaking Mount Bashan. Why are you so jealous? That's what he says. And then this is where things get really sarcastic, actually. The tone changes. And he says, are you jealous because God has decided to never dwell in your peaks? Are you jealous because, because God has decided to send his chariots up from a lower peak called Mount Zion. You're not jealous, are you? Mount Bashan, you see? He's using sarcasm to teach us an important truth. We, we could use sarcasm in a little different way. We could look at it like this, since we're, we're talking with inanimate things, things that don't really talk. Did you notice that there's a Lamborghini parked right outside church this morning? We, we could walk up to that Lamborghini and we could say, Lamborghini, why are you so jealous? You have an amazing gold paint job. People stop and take pictures of you, Lamborghini. You are the car of cars. Why are you so jealous of my Honda Odyssey? <laughs> and is it because I chose the Honda Odyssey, to carry my family around? I mean, we, it, this is pure sarcasm that David is bringing. But with sarcasm, this is what you got to understand about sarcasm. When you are sarcastic about something, you actually mean the opposite of what you say. In other words, Bashan, you should be jealous. You should be very jealous because God has decided to ascend amid shouts of glory from Mount Zion. See. The Spirit is teaching us where we need to go, and we need to go. You know where we need to go? We need to go where God is. We need to know, go where God dwells. Do you know where God dwells? Yes, on Mount Zion, but where does he dwell today? Jesus said this, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus said, 
For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. God dwells here. Jesus said, this is my body. And he said, this is my blood. You know, we could get, we could get sarcastic with all of the false peaks out there, like the decisions that people make to not be here with us today because something else seems to be more compelling. Like maybe somebody would choose to go to Chick-fil-A instead. I like Chick-fil-A. I, I could stand outside of a Chick-fil-A and say, Chick-fil-A, why are you so envious? Like, you have the best chicken sandwiches on earth. Chick-fil-A, you have awesome waffle fries. And I, in the summer at least, I want to get one of those lemonades. You do too. I know you do. Chick-fil-A, <laughs> what does Sure Foundation on Roosevelt have over you? Or is it because there they receive the body and blood of the Lord? And not just a chicken sandwich. Is it because Jesus has promised to dwell among them? Is it because even though we can't see them, the chariots of God are going up and down from this church right now? Is that why Chick-fil-A, you're jealous? And by the way, Chick-fil-A, you should be jealous because you have nothing in comparison to what Sure Foundation can offer to the people here. See, Ascension Day helps impacts us because it shows us where we need to go and where we need to be. We need to be where God dwells, and he dwells in his people. Ascension Day also impacts us in a second way, in a second way, impacts how we go. You see, when you read Psalm 68, even just the small selection of verses that we read this morning, this is a victory psalm. This is a psalm of a Lord who is his processing up to his throne after a great victory. His enemies are totally and completely defeated. He made the water stand on end. He made, he made water fall from heaven. He fed the people with, with food from heaven. He, he cried out from the cross, it is finished. He stood on the neck of death as he walked powerfully out from the tomb. He sent Satan scurrying into the woods at the great power of his name. This is a victory song. I mean, as you read it, as you read it, is there anything left to be defeated? Are there some sort of enemies running around where this, this ascended Lord maybe needs to have some sort of detail around him so that the assassins don't get him? Or is there any, any part of the battle that still needs to be fought in this psalm? And the answer is no. This is a completely victorious, ascending God. One great preacher asked this question. He said, I do not believe in a defeated and disappointed Savior, nor in a divine sacrifice which fails to affect 
its purpose. Do you believe in a disappointed and defeated Savior? I don't. (laughs) I know that you don't either. So ascension needs to impact how we go along the way, doesn't it? I mean, if, if there's a struggle in your life or a battle that there is, you have to recognize what that is. That's just a skirmish of already defeated enemies. Have courage, dear Christian. Have courage. Jesus has ascended. He is reigning from his throne and he rules and he has been completely victorious. It impacts how we go. And finally, it impacts, ascension impacts, the psalmist says, what you get along the way. Psalmist pictures it this way. This is verse 18. When you ascended on high, you took many captives. You received gifts from people, even from the rebellious. So the idea in the psalm is that this conquering Lord has been so victorious that the people are just giving them all of these gifts. And Jesus has so many gifts, David sees. And the Apostle Paul tells us that he starts giving them out to his people along the way. In fact, in in Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul quotes this verse that we have in front of us. And this is what he says. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the teaching of Psalm 68 and the teaching of Ephesians 4 is simply this. Jesus now gives good gifts of gospel ministers. They are good gifts. He gives pastors. He gives vicars. He gives Sunday school teachers. And all our gifts from our ascended Lord Jesus. And they are to be received as gifts. They are to be received with gratitude, I mean, they, true, true enough. They all come with different gifts. They all come with a different measure of the Spirit. Some are like Peter, and some are like Paul, and some are like, like Apollos. But they all are gifts of our ascended Lord Jesus. Later this week, an incredible thing is going to happen on Wednesday night. The Lord Jesus, in his grace and mercy, will give a gift of a vicar for next year to our church. And then the following day, our former vicar, Yafed Gabiehu, will be gifted to, God willing, church. He'll become a pastor. And look, wouldn't it be a strange conversation if, if a church came to the ascended Lord Jesus who's giving out these amazing gifts on his ascension? And, that, and Jesus would say, I have a good gift for you. I have a really good gift, and this is his name. And then he comes, 
And a few months later, the church comes back to Jesus and says, Jesus, we love you. You're the best. But what's the return policy on this gift? <laughs> Couldn't we have had that one over there? <laughs> He's more charismatic. Or, or Jesus, what about, what about him over there? Couldn't couldn't we have had that gift? You see what a ridiculous conversation that would be when Jesus gives a good gift. By the way, this applies to pastors. It's hard for me to say it. But wouldn't it be ridiculous to say, I prefer that pastor instead of this one? I would compare that to a debate about what kind of bottled water is better. Wouldn't it be like that? Where you, you would say, Someone offers you like a Nestle bottled water, and you'd say, I don't like that kind of water. I know it's H2O, but my favorite is Poland Springs. That could you get me one of those? Right? <laughs> I mean, it's all H2O. The only thing a pastor can really offer is the water of life. That's it. And if you're looking for something else from him, you won't find it. We are to receive the gifts that we get from the ascended Lord with gratitude. You know, I started, I started off today admitting that we had massive challenges in front of us. We, we looked at Psalm 68, and it, it's a massive titan of a song, Psalm 35 verses. And, and we also said, Ascension Day is a festival that's hard to understand, but I hope that we've at least in a small way overcome a little bit of those challenges together. Because now we know exactly where we need to be. We need to be where the chariots of God are. We need to be where, where, where God comes down to us in all of his glory. This is where it is. It's what the scriptures teach. We, we also are able to say that as we go along the way to meet our ascended Lord Jesus one day, we are to go along the way with courage because he, did, he does rule and he has been completely victorious. And we are to go along the way receiving from his good hand all of the gifts that he sees fit to give us. Amen. Amen.